I feel like Amanda and I should team up to write romance or erotica. We already have our pen name, Elmanda. <laughs> yeah, we oh, should that's do a it. Great pen name. It's sexy, isn't it? We would have to write fantasy. Everyone vote. Is Elmanda a sexy name? I think it might be. You know what, mm-hmm. listeners? If you have a child and you christen them Elmanda, we will give you a ten dollar gift card <laughs> <laughs> to the store. Sure. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And books are sexy. Today, we're drinking the house special, Gloria Ferrer. The house special. Right. This is a Blanc de Noir. And the reason why this is special, last week we were drinking Domaine Carneros, and I'm seeing this is a Carneros sparkling wine, but it's like the budget sparkling wine and the best budget sparkling wine on the market. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No more Andre. You got to go Gloria Ferrer. I don't know, though. Like, every now and then I want myself an Andre (laughs) from a can. (laughs) I mean, when there was canned champagne at the soccer tournament I went to in Kansas City, I wasn't going to complain. You partook? I partook. We're having short glasses today. That's okay. It is 9 (laughs) a.m. Ellen. Amanda. Tell me what you're reading. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I finished Black Cake yesterday, which I talked a little bit about. Uh, last week but I wasn't super far into it and I, and I loved this book and I think it's a book that most people would enjoy it's this it's the story of a family and through through a few generations and the thing that ties this family together is this black cake this recipe that has just been passed along through the generations uh, and the premise is you've got two siblings they're grown um, the sister has been estranged from the family for a number of years but they are reunited because their mother has died. And it in the course of their mother's death or in the aftermath, they learn that she had this whole life, this whole past that they never knew about. And so I'm not going to spoil what it is. But what's cool is that the story is told from multiple perspectives, hops around in time. There's lots of different characters, people along the way um, that influenced their mother's life and their lives in ways that they knew and ways they didn't know. And um, nice short chapters, so it's a, it's very readable. The writing is very strong. Character development is great. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. The book I started right after last night was The Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolls, which is our book club pick for next week. And I know you love this book. I'm not far enough into it to, you know, like, reach a verdict yet, right? I'm like maybe 25 pages in, but so far I really enjoy it. Um so it's two brothers and one has been released from some type of jail or prison or boarding, you know, juvenile detention, center. juvenile detention, something like that. And then his uh, turns out his two friends from that facility busted out uh, and they want him to go on what they're calling an escapade. Uh, and that's as far as I've gotten. But I think uh, I know it's called the Lincoln Highway. We are actually on the Lincoln Highway. Well, we're one block from the Lincoln Highway, but that's close enough. Um so yeah, I'm excited to read it. It's been a really popular book in the store and Amor Tolls is one of those writers that's, you know, pretty reliable. Which we'll talk about today. Yes, He's one of my one will. of my favorites. He's gonna come up later. 
Um, the fun fact about this book is Ames does appear in it, which I was just over in the moon about because I'm already obsessed with Amortals. And if I could bend his ear for a moment, I'd be like, how did you pick Ames? You know what I heard, though, like when they stop in or in the book in Ames, there's like a reference to a liquor store or mm-hmm. something. I think there's been like three customers who've come in and been like, there was not a liquor store in Ames in 1954. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whatever. Who cares? It's fiction. There was liquor somewhere. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm sure Amor would not like to hear from those readers. But, but we don't care. We get it, Amor. It's fiction. Okay? Right. It's fiction. And we appreciate the Ames shout out. We love the Ames shout out. Um, and I'm I'm just so excited for a book club to read this. I hope they all love it. Um, and it's a big book, but I mean, it's like 500 some pages. But everyone who I know who's read it has said it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a long read. It's, it's not a, dense at all. So far, my experience with it is is uh, that it's just it moves right along. Right. And it kind of mirrors um, like the great stories of Greek mythology. It's Ooh. it's like the Odyssey. Okay. So it's supposed to kind of have this epic journey quality. Um, and I'm starting to see each each book that Amor writes is very unique very distinct there there aren't there isn't a lot of overlap in what he does he likes to surprise his readers but i am starting to see a thread about the the misdirection of seeking wealth and class that going after those things will inevitably steer you wrong. I'm starting to see that thread. It's cool. a theme I see in all of them. So what are you reading? <clears throat> I'm between books. What? I know. It's horrible. How could you? I <laughs> just got really busy this week, but I shopped our own store. I think <laughs> there was a customer in the store as we were getting kind of closer to close, and I had my backpack on and just walking around the store staring at the shelves. What have I missed that we have in the store that I was really curious about? And the one that I ended up picking up because we've had a couple customers come in right after it published, but it wasn't really on our radar, is this book called Disorientation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rachel Mance McKenney, who wrote The Butterfly Effect, who lives here um, in, well, in Surrey County and wrote her book uh, about Ames. She was in on pub day to grab this one. She was very excited. It is a book that has a really cool cover. It looks like kind of a miniature model of a room. It's like pink, right? Right. Pink with teal. It's very 90s colors. um, Teal title and author's name. And um, as I was holding it, our bookseller, Sarah, came up to me and she said, it's really good. There Um, you go. And what it's about is a PhD student, Ingrid Yang, who wants to finish her dissertation on a poet, a Chinese poet. And then she wants to never read about Chinese-y things again. She feels like she's kind of like pigeonholed herself into working with Chinese poetry and writers. Um, But after all her research that's just driven her mad, she discovers a secret truth about the the poet okay and 
she decides this is her real opportunity. She's found something. She'll make her name with it. And I don't know what else to expect from it, but. It sounds good. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, and then I also had picked up The Mysterious Mrs. Christie. So this is a historical fiction account from Marie Benedict, who's like the queen of historical fiction, um, in which she takes a real character and then uh, fleshes out their story. And she's always picking women from history um, who were adjacent to very famous men. In this case, um, Mrs. Christie made her name for herself. But um, there was a time where she disappeared for nine days and the whole country of England was up in arms about where is she? Um, where is she gone? What's happened to her? And it made big headlines, but nobody ever knew what happened during those nine days. And there's been two accounts um, in recent years of that story. Um, one from Marie Benedict, and then the second is the Christie affair. Yeah, right. And what we know is that the incident is in some way related to the fact that her husband was being unfaithful. He had a woman on the side. So the Christie affair tells it from the perspective of the woman on the side, an um, Irish immigrant. And so it's written from her perspective. The mysterious Mrs. Christie, I believe, is from Agatha Christie's perspective. You know what's interesting about this? What? Is that, you know, she is the queen of the murder mystery. If anyone could off their husband for cheating and get away with it, it could have been her. Should have happened. Said she just goes off for nine days. Come on, Agatha. I know. <laughs> and I, I read my first Agatha Christie recently, and it just made me... Want to know more about her? They're classic. You know, I um, I don't think you can go wrong with an Agatha Christie. It's just like the, it's like the purest form, right? Mm-hmm. So our topic of conversation today was inspired by someone I follow on Instagram. It's Megan at the Spines. She has a bookstagram account, lives near Chicago, a big influencer in the big world, the book world. The big book world. The big book world. And she was... um sharing in a quick little video a couple of her what she calls automatic buy or auto buy authors and these are authors that just seeing their name on a book i'm typing word auto buys into my document right here and i'm looking at rachel because she didn't like when i type loudly I'm typing quietly go on i'm listening so these are authors that anything they do you're going to pick up because you have so much respect for their work. or Yeah, you, you don't even have to like read the summary mm -mm. of the book. You're like, I'm totally buying that. So that brings us back to Amar Tolls. So he's one for you. Oh my gosh. I was so excited when I saw he had one coming out that it might potentially relate to our area because of the Lincoln Highway. Um, I just know I'm going to get an epic and unique story every time I read him. And also there's like a loveliness to his stories. There's beauty. There's beautiful things. And I love him. <laughs> so Amor would be top of my heap. Okay. So for me, I will read anything by Barbara Kingsolver. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited that she has a new book coming out in the fall called Demon Copperhead. It sounds awesome. But I knew she was writing a book because I follow her, you know, I follow her on, you know the social media mm -hmm. and I didn't you know I didn't know anything about it but I was like oh my god Babs is working on a new book I can't wait um 
she right so one of the things that you were talking about a mortals is that he each book is distinct and i feel that way about barbara king Selber. like she does not write the same story twice right um and everything she writes is amazing and they're so well researched they're so rooted in the places where they take place um her characters her character development is is just amazing like so many of her books just on their own are wonderful wonderful stories so the poisonwood bible is one of my all-time all-time favorites um but she has another book called the lacuna which is genius um but yeah i'll read anything by barbara king silver she's an auto buy for me too and i'm really excited for demon copper copperhead this fall and it's she's just you don't even need to read the synopsis of the book i no. mean it's a very unique if it's title. got her name on it i'm gonna know it's good yeah, so that one will be really fun. Okay, who's another auto buy for you? Hmm. So I, you know, I have a love of Louise Penny, who writes a mystery series, but she teamed up recently with Hillary Rodham Clinton to write a political thriller. Yep. Um, and I, I was I'm just gonna buy it if she touches it. I just trust that she's gonna make sure that her work has beauty and meaning and characters you love. And this was a different genre for her to write a political thriller versus her um, classic um, detective series. Um, it was going to be take place in a different location, but um, I just trusted her and yeah. I loved it. You could definitely see the influence of Hillary's political background and her experiences, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall as they were working on this this um, book. And it, I'm hoping it becomes a series. Um, it could be, yeah. Yeah, she just brings me happiness. Pure joy. So even if, whether it's Inspector Gamache or something with Hillary or something altogether different, I would snatch her up in a second. How about you? Tana French yeah. in mystery. I, I don't think there's anybody writing mystery as well as Tana French. Uh, she's an Irish writer. She's got um, a number of books out. Some of them are standalone. Some are within a series called The Dublin Murder Squad, but they can all be read individually because she doesn't have the same like main character twice. And yeah. it's always a different case. Uh, what I love about her writing is it's super atmospheric. Mm -hmm. um, so she tells a good mystery, a good story, but her the, the quality of the writing itself is just so um, far beyond what people are are doing just generally in fiction right and especially in the mystery <clears throat> category yeah. a lot of that is just plot driven but she adds such a yeah better one, layer to it one of the themes that appears a lot in her writing is youth um so like being a teenager and being on the cusp of all the possibilities of your life and you know totally aside from writing a mystery she captures what it feels like to be that age that sort of like tingle that thrill that yeah. you know that sense of possibility uh in such a perfect way i you I, love a coming of age story i i do love a coming of age story and i love a mystery and i think that she is she is amazing i'll read anything by her so another of my favorite auto by authors is emma straub she wrote all adults here Mm -hmm. and she's got a new one yeah about to drop yes um and it's so indulgent 
It's so much fun. I I had to get my hands on the advanced reader copy. Um, and let's just check its release date. Oh, I also loved her. So the first, I think my first experience with her was the Vacationers. And I love this one. I love a, a broad cast of characters. I love family stories. I think she taught me that there are are some intrinsically happy or unhappy characters. And Emma writes about happiness and love in a way that's not too saccharine. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, a cute, cozy story, but it emanates with happiness. I think she's a person who had a great childhood, basically. <laughs> um, and I did have a great childhood, but I've encountered many uh, challenges in adulthood. And I think that's how she writes. Someone who is an optimist. Um, and I love that. Um, I see the benefit in writers who write about suffering or misery or fear. I mean, I think there are a couple. Um, Hanya Yanagahari is a <laughs> kind of dark writer. Kind of. And I think it's important to have, just like it's important to see beauty and suffering represented in art, it's also important in visual art. It's also important to see it in this written art. Our readers want to see their experiences reflected. So if you want happiness, go to Emma. <laughs> if you want suffering, go to Hanya. She'll and, kick you when you're down. And because of the epicness of Hanya's writing, she's another autobuy for me. I just know that she's going to take on something huge and big and reflect a part of humanity that's very important. So, so she's probably, I don't know that I would put her right at autobuy for me. I will, I do intend to, I have read every book except for the most recent one. I intend to read it, but mm -hmm. I have to gear myself up for Hanya. Right. To Paradise is another super thick book. Yeah. Um, but she definitely approaches writing like an art. It's not uh, an unusual writing style in that it's hard to approach or get through, but she implements really unique writing tricks. So in To Paradise, which spans hundreds of years and many sets of characters, she does something really fun with the character names. So as you switch centuries, you have the same names reoccur. They're not the same people. Um, they're not necessarily connected. There are a few connections, but the same names reappear. And that's really interesting to me. I thought that was really fun. Who else would you put on your auto buy? Oh, and what I was going to mention was Emma Straub's All Adult Here, All Adults Here, I think was all the way back in 2020. And I very much enjoyed that. The one that's coming out this summer is This Time Tomorrow. And what makes Emma's story so fun is it has so much 90s nostalgia. It's kind of the reverse of 13 going on 30, in which a woman wakes up, having just turned 40, wakes up um, in her teenage self. She's a high school senior and she gets with her adult knowledge to reapproach her senior year. Um, but it's tied very closely to um, her 40 year old self mourning her father 
her, her father's physical demise and she has a new appreciation for her father as a youth. There's so there's the time travel element. There's writing. Um, the characters have a writing connection, and I love that she gets to go back and retry her senior year. <laughs> because wouldn't you have so much fun as a senior if you went back in time? Oh yeah, I would have had more fun. Like I had fun in college, mm-hmm. but like you know, I definitely would have broken more rules. Right. So another auto buy for me is Rachel Kushner. Mm-hmm. I have no reservation in saying that she might be the most talented writer writing right now. Like she is, her, there is a quality to her writing that I can't really describe. It's like the first time I read her work, like I got a page in and I was like, holy shit, she can write. Like the way she constructs a sentence <laughs> is amazing. Like it's so tight it's just perfect i'm obsessed with her writing so she's written some novels she wrote the flamethrowers mm-hmm. telex from cuba which i love no one's bought it yet come in and buy it it's really fucking good um she just published um a collection of essays last year but just for the writing alone plus she herself is like a badass like she it, I didn't realize when I read the flamethrowers, which some of it has to do with like setting the land speed record. So they're like racing across the deserts and it's like all sorts of like motorcycle shit. Like turns out in like real life, she does that stuff, Um, which I didn't know when I read it. But I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um, So her, yeah, her writing is, I don't actually even care like what she's writing. I will read it just to be in awe of what she can do with words. So I've heard you wax poetic about Rachel Kushner for quite some time, and I have not read her yet. But if I were to pick Tux or Cuba or The Flamethrowers, which would you like me to pick up first? Mm. I think you would like Telex from Cuba better than The Flamethrowers. Because you like historical fiction. You like it to involve real people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ernest Hemingway is a, sort of a side character in Telex from Cuba. Interesting. And um, also... Uh, Rachel Kushner's I think I her grandmother somebody in her family or maybe her mother so talks from Cuba is about this American family like that runs a plantation in Cuba Um, and that's where Hemingway spent time yeah and during this time of like revolution and her that's in her family history so her family has ties to Cuba you should read it yeah it's got the family thing it's got the historical fiction thing that you like oh my goodness yes so I love Ann Patchett. I, she is a different kind of person than I am. When I read her work, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like this, it feels foreign to me, but she's so quirky and the Dutch house was amazing. She's very original. Like her <sighs> stories are all very original and also distinct. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't, she doesn't use the same plan. Like we were talking about with Barbara and anymore. Mm-hmm. I love that most of our must-buy authors. Oh, and one we both agree on, Donna Tart. Fuck yes, Donna Tart takes ten years to write a book, and you can tell because it is perfect. There is nothing wrong with what she writes. She's hard to wait on. Her last great book was The Goldfinch. The Goldfinch, which was outstanding. So let's just check when that was published. To make a guess at when we might have her next. I feel book. like it was circa like 
2010, 2012, somewhere in there. It won the 2014 Pulitzer Prize. It was published in 2013. So next year, 2023, Donna. Come on, Donna. We need you. And it was her first novel since The Little Friend in 2002. So that makes sense. That was more about an 11-year span. And before that was probably The Secret History. The Secret History. Yeah. So I think she's only published the three novels. But The Goldfinch, I feel, is like a great American novel. Like, it is a classic. Everyone should read it. Both that and The Secret History. Yes. they're. But I feel like they're both outstanding. But I think The Goldfinch is more like epic in yeah. its scope. Agreed. It's very epic. I loved it. It's one that's worth wading through. It's very... It's, it's, it's an a, epic It's story. a book that you immerse yourself in mm-hmm. and then you, that you always remember. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else we should mention? No, everyone else. No, I'm just like, I don't, I can't think of any other auto buys off the top of my head. But you know, I'm always like, you know, sometimes I read like a debut author mm. and I'm like, so I, you know, Tommy Orange there, there was his debut book. And so I will definitely read Lee Rice next. Right. And we were talking about um, Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson. Yes. yes. Kevin Wilson has one coming out. And we were just so excited because nothing to see here. Uh, I've read both of his books. I've only read Nothing to See Here, and I love that book. And it's so weird, but I just want to tell people. Like, I don't even want to describe it to you. Just trust me. It's like someone who always has... Just read the book. You will love it. Nothing to See Here is a very um, hard book to explain, but it's so good. It's hilarious, but also heartwarming. And I just... Uh, oh my god I love that book so another author that was debuted to me I don't know if it was his first but leave the world behind that was an outstanding book by Ruban alum I follow him on social media I really enjoy it um how he sees the world I'm super excited to see what he writes next he's not my typical it's just it's the best kind of suspense writing super like, realistic and it's, it's very like slow build dread but you know what this is totally reminding me of you were telling me about a horrible dream you had last night and now i am remembering a dream i had last night that is connected to this book in some way because in my dream my teeth started yep. falling out <laughs> i, I hate lost that like dream. two molars in my dream and then yep. i went to this dentist who was also like a musician who wanted to write a song about me and he was weird he had like a curly mullet I don't know anything else about the dream, but thank you for being <laughs> Yes. Teeth falling out is utilized in Leave the World Behind. And it was that was one of my favorite cringeworthy parts of the book because it's preying yeah. on our worst fears. Yeah, I mean it's essentially like what it might really be like if the world was ending or maybe ending and you didn't you had no like way of finding out what was going on and just weird shit started happening plus there's all these dynamics in that book of like class and race and um it's just i i admire like a suspense writer who does not have to utilize like gratuitous gore or shock value or tropes right where they just like make you feel really fucking scared Mm -hmm. in kids books Kate DiCamillo is an auto-buy for me. I like how we just, like, veer from teeth falling out, you know, yeah. end of the world to Kate DiCamillo. <laughs> and then there's quite a few picture book people who are just doing out and seeing things. Greg Pizzoli, Mac Barnett, illustrators are Sophie Blackall, um, 
Ryan Higgins is hilarious. I when I see their names come through, I'm just like, okay, let's yep. order all of them. Yep. This week, not a huge week um, of new releases, but a couple exciting paperback releases. So I'm really excited about the Paper Palace. Um, yeah, this is a book club pick for May, so I've not read it yet, but um, I know you've read it, and I know a few of the booksellers have read it, and it seems to be kind of universally liked. So tell me a little bit about it. The Paper Palace gives me a lot of what people enjoyed about Where the Crowded Sing, in that it um, creates a sense of place, a beauty of place, very natural world, um, but it's the Northeast. And a girl and her sister and her parents spend their summers at this kind of lake cottage and encounter some of the same characters every summer. And so there's that kind of nostalgia for youth, um, nostalgia for summer. And she, the primary character, um, falls in love with an older boy and they connect. And their love is thwarted by a dramatic incident one summer and they break apart and all her life she stays in touch with him. And now as an adult, she's back with her husband and her children and this former love interest and his wife, and they're going to spend a summer week together. And so we're flipping back and forth between childhood and present time. And we know that there are embers still in that fire. So the, the mystery of the past is revealed. And also the mystery of current feelings are revealed. And there is kind of a twist ending similar to where the crawdads sing. How will it end? I don't know. But you it's, do know. I do know. <laughs> it's very beautiful. I think it will make for a great book club selection for our book club because there will be much to debate about the ending it sounds like it's a book that sort of um is steeped in moral ambiguity mm -hmm. yeah there's some a of that bit like where the crowd is saying yeah. and so i think when not quite as not quite as not as quite quite as dramatic nobody don't well, i won't spell it. anything i won't spoil anything. um but yeah those those make for good um book club discussions when you're kind of like when there when there's like that nuance it was one of my favorite books of last year okay so i think this is a great book pick it up in paperback ellen tell us about gold diggers this was one of your favorites now yeah, it was one of my favorite reads last year so it's a coming of age story about um you know first generation indian immigrant um boy and just trying to like uh find his way in the world there's some magical realism um, in this book so this concept like if you drink gold then it will you know make you more successful um does so it seem to happen like the magic is real kind of but then there's like a tragic incident i thought this was such a well-written um wonderful coming of age story but also like a story about um immigration and identity um american history and love yeah it's it's it was so good what else? Okay. In romance. And we do have... Well, we should we should talk about more. We will. Okay. We will. Okay. We'll talk about okay. that. Okay. So in romance, we have 
what for some romance readers is an um, auto buy. Abby Jimenez, and she has a new title out. Part I, of your world. Yes, part of your world is the title. Um, Do you think I could be the Little Mermaid in the adaptation? Thank you, Rachel. Cool. I think it relies <laughs> heavily on red hair, and you are a solid I brunette. I could dye my hair. That's changed. I could wear a wig. Okay. Then you've Did you got to hear me hit that note. Get your seashell bra out. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> okay, so this one <laughs> is about a hot romance between Alexis Montgomery, who interacts with Daniel Grant, a hot carpenter who's 10 years younger than her and very casual. Their opposites attract. She's a city girl, but they have a ton of chemistry. Um, she's from this like la-di-da, wealthy background. Um, family legacy is, is known across the world. And, you know, will she go for the carpenter? This makes me think of Sweet Home Alabama. No, no, well, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama, but I'm thinking of a more classic movie, Overboard. Oh, yeah. Super wealthy. I remember that movie. I love that movie. I watch uh, it all Goldie the time. Hawn mm-hmm. and um, uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. So they can they bridge the gap of their culture differences? So that will be a fun addition to our new romance section for our very... Um, very prolific customer base of romance readers. But um, in middle grade, we have kind of a really cool paperback release. Ellen, tell us about it. Okay. So this book is, um, hold on, is Melissa. Now this book has been out before. It was formerly published as George. So it deals with, a trans character and the author has gone back and said well the character is actually melissa so i should rename the book melissa so kind of this concept of almost like self-correcting um which is really cool so this is a book that's been out for a while but is now renamed um so when people look at melissa they think they see a boy named george but she knows she's not a boy she knows she's a girl um so this is really about melissa sort of figuring out like how to be her true self. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's got a more apt title. Yeah, it's really cool. And yeah. this is an author's dealt very successfully with issues of gender identity. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's um, really cool that um, that the book is being renamed and mm-hmm. that published the publisher has gotten behind that. Right. Like sort of reissuing this book under mm-hmm. a new title. Right. All right, new release in hardcover. Okay, I, as we've talked about, <laughs> I promise I don't have a problem. Maybe I have a problem. As you sit here drinking at night. Yeah. Margarita and Retrograde is a new cocktail cookbook, you could say. Okay. Cocktail book. How is it in Retrograde? I don't understand any of the astrology, but I am so fascinated by it because, um, Drive your plow over the bones of the dead. I know. I by remember Olga when you read Turksak. that book, you were like, oh, and I, I kind of want to learn this stuff now because astrology played so heavily into that storyline. The the statement I always make is, if the moon can move the seas, 
the planets definitely are affecting my life. You know, there has to be a pull and an effect on my life. So and you like margaritas. Yes, I love margaritas. Now, margaritas, I feel like are given a bad rap because they're so they're produced so often in restaurants with like really shitty ingredients. Fresh lime, fresh ingredients, no sour mixes. Okay, if it's made with a sour mix, it's not a real margarita. So noted. I'm excited to try this this cookbook <laughs> because it prescribes cocktails for your, your astrological sign. Okay, so we have the same astrological sign. Do we're you know cancers. What, do you know what we are uh, ascribed? No, we're going to have to read the book and make a cocktail to find out. Maybe we'll do that at our next Bubbles and Books. But um, Well, it's kind of nice that you're into astrology now because if, because you know all this, the horoscope stuff, and I don't have to look at it. I'll just say, what's a, what's our horoscope? <laughs> I did get our giant. We have the same one. <laughs> I got a giant book that, that laid out our outlook for 2023, and it was very optimistic. And there were certain time periods that were opportune for, you know, big ideas or... Um, reconciling relationships, things like that. Um, In this this cookbook, they call for things like alcoholic gummy bears. We have a friend, Lauren Loonsfoot, a great customer in the store, who actually gave us mini bottles of rum and gummy bears in celebration of our one-year anniversary. So maybe we can use those in a cocktail and then also CBD drops or um, start anise oat milk. There's lots of fun things in this cookbook. Okay. Ellen, tell us about Rebecca Roanhorse's new book. Okay, so Fever Rebecca, Star. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca Roanhorse is uh, one of the top writers um, in you know, fantasy, sci-fi, uh, indigenous writer. So, Fever Star is her newest book. It's a sequel to 2020's Black Sun, um, which was a finalist for a whole bunch of awards, including the Hugo, the Nebula, and the Lambda Awards. It was chosen. Uh, Danica chose it for a book club book recently. Um, so this is one you definitely want to pick up. She's uh, a writer. She's, she's been a writer to invest in and she continues to be. What do we got coming out in kids? Nothing. Jack shit. Okay. We will transition to. (laughs) There's nothing for you kids. You got cat kid comic club next week. Now shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What's here? (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to be up at 3 a.m. with my six-year-old. I'm angry at the children. (laughs) What's popping at the store, Amanda? We haven't used our tagline in a while. What's happening at the store is I'll be reading picture books at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. And while we may curse on bubbles and books, I keep it very clean. But... I read lots of fun books about the full range of our emotions and being good members of humanity and dogs and who knows what will happen there. We keep, we keep the language at a minimum at story time. Right. Thursday, we have the Dogger Books Official Book Club. Ellen, you're going to read that. It's from 10 to 11 a.m. Yep. And we're reading The Lincoln Highway. The Lincoln Highway. And then usually these don't fall on the, on the same day, but they do this month. Um, so from six to seven on Thursday, we have books and beverages. This is the book club. If you don't want to commit to a book, but you love to read. So you just show up, you get a beverage, we hang out in the loft and we just talk about what we're reading. Um, it's so much fun to just connect with other readers. It's a great place to get recommendations. 
um, and just a fun group. And it's fun to find what connections you have over certain books. Yeah. And usually, you know, we get kind of like new people every time. So it's, um, you know, you've got sort of the steady regulars, but there's always like new people coming in and out, which keeps it really fresh and exciting. And you can have a drink. And you can have a drink with me. Yeah. Saturday, we have two events, two book clubs happening. We have Good Trouble, the Good Trouble Book Club led by our bookseller, Tommy. It's super, super popular. So much so that we're even considering adding a second meeting time to accommodate all the middle school students who are interested in joining it. It's from 4 to 4.45. And if you want to read along, uh, whether you're participating in the book club or not, um, Tommy makes great selections. This month's book is The Chance to Fly by Ali Stoker. And then later in the evening from 7 to 8 p.m., we have Between the Covers Book Club. And they're reading Camilla Knows Best by Farah Heron. So if you want to talk about sex with Rachel, you should come. Rachel, have you read it yet? Rachel is going to read it just in time for the book club. <clears throat> Sunday. Tell us what we got special Sunday, Ellen. Ooh, Sunday, we have Jasmine Ambrosio playing the gusang, a traditional Chinese instrument. So Jasmine is a regular customer of ours. Um, she's lovely. She comes in and studies and she plays this instrument. And she asked us um, a while ago if she could play it at the store sometime. So we've had her many times now. <clears throat> it's kind of a, um, it's a stringed instrument. So but it's, it's, horizontal. it's horizontal. She's just set out like a piano. Yeah, it's got kind of a harp light quality to it a uh, little lower register but uh it's beautiful and she does a great job so she'll be set up playing that on sunday from one to three on monday from five to six p.m will be our meeting of our sci-fi book club women from women from other worlds led by danica and they're reading a memory called empire by arcady martin that's all i know that's awesome. So we're out of champagne, but we got to switch back to coffee. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. To another great week of reading. To another great week of reading. Done. Over and out. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yeah. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>